All right, everybody. That is my best Jordan impression. I wonder if I fooled some people there. Zach, um, today it's just Zach and I running the crew or running the pod. Um, Jordan had to step away for uh, a little while here. So hopefully uh, we can provide you with the content you love without that uh, beautiful deep voice of uh, JC there. Uh, Zach, how are you doing today? Doing well, thanks. Um, today I think was the first day, at least in Saskatoon, that it hit thirty degrees. So, um, feeling a little sun kissed today from the uh, the bike ride home. So, looking oh. forward, looking forward to bed. <laughs> I am I'm pooped. Brave, brave man, biking to work. Although my bike to work would be downhill and it'd be easy. The bike home would be, I guess, rough going uphill the whole way, but. Yeah, it was 20, 29 degrees in PA today. Holy, in the classroom, I think my classroom hit almost 25. Do you guys have a thermometer in your classroom? You can tell or? No, no, I uh, I was spoiled because I used to have your old room and you had that beautiful <laughs> bank of windows and uh, natural light. And, and now I'm in a interior room in a in an old building that just overall doesn't really have any windows so uh it's it's tough this time of year um your eyes aren't ready for when you walk out at the end of the day no no doubt that is uh that is a room i i really enjoy my room i'll I'll say that even though it was 25 it didn't feel as hot as that um the caretaker just hooked me up with a brand new fan so it is uh, a little breezy in there which is nice um fantasy wise anything new going on in your life or uh you just uh doing your best off season work uh actually last week on on wednesday uh one of the super flex leagues that i'm in we we started our, our rookie draft and we are just at the beginning of the sixth and final round of that draft. So uh, six rounds. Is that a DFS? IDP. Yeah. Or IDP for what am I saying? DFS for <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah, yeah. IDP. Yeah, it's a super flex IDP. So okay. uh it's it's interesting because I'm I'm of the mind that you always take players that could potentially start. So um after after that third round I I've been cleaning up on some of the top defensive players. Well, my league mates are are going after skill players on offense that, well, you know, maybe if they hit, that's that's good for them. But the likelihood of those guys hitting, I don't know what that what the odds are. But I'll let them take those guys, and I'll keep winning with <laughs> with the best <laughs> defensive players. I'll keep winning. I like that. Keep winning. Oh, I haven't had any dynasty drafts start up yet uh, for me. Um, they should in the next few days here, though. We're, we're gearing up for the one that you, Jordan, and I are all in. I have the third overall pick in that one and then two other first-round picks, so pretty excited about that. I've been trying to kind of kick the tires at uh, the 101 and the 102 to see if I can move up to get some of that B. John Robinson uh but uh, I, I can't seem to do it. Those guys don't want to budge. They know what they got in value there. And um, you know what? I'll take what falls to me at the 103, though. I'm happy with uh, 
with uh, Jackson or Gibbs, whoever falls there. So, yeah. Um, so, how this pod will work today. Zach and I just kind of, well, I threw together a, a docket here quickly. And um, we got some news. And uh, we're going to go through um, three rounds of Dynasty. Um, maybe a bonus fourth, depending on how fast we get through it. And uh, kind of a guy that we like in each round for value. Um, so we're looking at a guy that we think might uh, have a little bit more value uh, than what he's going for currently. We're using Fantasy Pros for that. And then, Zach, do you have a nice cold hot take for us today? Oh, boy. Yeah, I can, I can, I can <laughs> fudge my way around that. Thanks for the heads up, Armand. Oh, yeah. Always, always, always. Um, before, uh, before I started the Zoom call, um, or we started this recording, Zach asked kind of what we were going to do today. And my, my initial plan was just to hit record and then be like, Zach, this doc, it's new to you. Surprise. Here we go, brother. But, uh, <laughs> I gave him a little warning, but I decided to keep that one out of there for him. Um, so good luck with your hot take today, Zach. Uh, hopefully it sewers you for when we look at our standings later on in the season. <laughs> Uh, as for news and notes, all right, so here we go. Um, Washington Commanders, the Dan Snyder era is over, finally over. They've agreed to a deal. They just got to finalize the whole thing. Um, so uh, big news NFL-wise, doesn't really have much fantasy impact, um, or does it? What do you think, Zach? Well, I think... This will be more of a NFL uh, ramifications than than fantasy. Um, everything that we've heard over the past number of years is um, the team and the facility has kind of been a bit of a laughing stock uh, around the league and the industry. So I'm sure with new ownership, that'll get cleaned up. Um, but I can't think of really any meaningful changes that it'll make for, for fantasy. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, like, it's not like there's going to be new players coming in right away. It'll probably be a gradual change to Washington being a better team. And then maybe one day you draft Washington players in Dynasty or you're not afraid to pick them up as much. But, yeah, not a huge deal. Um, the next one is NFL schedule release came out. All the teams are coming up with their uh, creative ways to release the schedule. I've... I have to admit, I've only seen the Tennessee Titans one where they uh, they decided to copy and paste the uh, getting my girlfriend to name the the NFL team's logos. Um, it was kind of amusing, but that one's getting a little old for me, I think. Um, any of your favorites, Zach, or any dynasty implications you can think of with this one? Uh, dynasty implications. Or yeah, fantasy. actually, I, I'll say so. Um, this during that rookie draft, it was down between uh two linebackers in the fifth round for me. And I guess the coin flip for me was I looked at their bye weeks and I saw that the one had a bye week that overlapped with a few of the starters or the possible starters on my team. So took the other one, hoping that you know, in the event that I need this guy, he won't be on the same bye week as a few of my other players. So bit of a bit of a tiebreaker there, I guess. 
for for two players that I really didn't know anything about outside of uh, draft capital and and college stats, really. Oh yeah, so, yeah, um, I can help you a little bit short term, eh? But not not long term, right? Like you think about it, uh, <clears throat> it's not going to change too much about uh, a guy's fantasy output if he's a stud. But uh, I guess more of those role players, eh? It kind of helps you look at strength of schedule there, eh? Mm-hmm. And I think especially right now, if, if you're looking to to acquire a player, maybe um, earlier this spring, I was looking to acquire a, a backup quarterback for that league that the three of us are in. And at the time, we didn't know the, the schedule, but if I was making that trade now for a competent backup quarterback, I'd, make, I'd damn well make sure that he doesn't have the same bye week as my as my current starter because at that point really what's the point yeah no doubt that is uh that is wise advice coming from zach strong there i like it all right and then the last little piece of news is mini camps are starting up this week um what can we really take out of mini camps watching them here is there is there really anything dynasty or fantasy that can help us make our decisions more easily in the coming season or in the off season here and maybe um key us in on some trades to do or or what because because my thoughts on them is you can't can't hold a lot on them but uh maybe maybe you just happen to find a a little bit of a nugget that can help you get a bit of an advantage in a trade but uh there's not a not a whole lot that I think can really really help you in in these mini camps. Yeah, I think the the big takeaway out of mini camps would be just your players or just the the studs that would be drafted in you know the first five six rounds of a redraft league, staying healthy. Um, the last thing you want is a a first round running back in this year's draft to. to to go out and get hurt um, in May and June, but even before training camp. So just everybody's staying healthy, but it's funny that you mentioned um, rookie mini camp uh, in that draft that I was telling you about. I took Sam Laporta at the end of the second round tight end for the Detroit lions. And yesterday uh, he had some glowing reviews out of mini camp. And I think over the course of yesterday, I received two trade offers from from different owners. <laughs> um, and the and the one guy, um, he took Michael Mayer, I think. Oh yeah. Earlier in the second, so maybe some buyers remorse already. So. Wow. Who, who knows? Yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. You know, like it's amazing how it can, it can change certain guys in your league's perspective and maybe that's the big takeaway from mini camps is not necessarily where you value guys and maybe your value shouldn't change too much but maybe you should be watching how value within your league changes on certain guys um based on mini camps yeah um could be could be a good chance for for me to sell high on laporta yeah Um, i chose not to but um could have been a good chance like had somebody offered me a first round draft pick in next year's rookie draft for a guy that i just drafted at 208 like that's that's a pretty easy uh 
<laughs> flip, right? Yeah. No, oh, that's uh that that would be a very agreeable flip right there. So yeah. Take advantage of guys uh buying in on the hype maybe during minicamp here. Do that, guys. Do that. All right. So I have one more little bonus thing, my proposed trade here. I want to see what Zach thinks of it. And I, I thought we could put it on uh put it on the pod here and, and maybe uh we get and get some feedback too if you're listening. Reply on our socials, hit us up, see what you think, see what you would change to make it more even if you think it's uneven, and let us know because you know what? I can always use the advice too, even though we got a pod here. We don't always have the best ideas necessarily. We have our own ideas that we think are good. And you know what? Let's hit her up. All right. So my proposed trade is it's a 16-team league, huge league, super flex, and best ball. Um, my team was in a win-now mode. They're starting to age, so I'm kind of wanting to sell sell the farm a little bit, sell my aging stars to get a little bit of younger assets and hopefully do a little mini reset here um, and maybe already contend this year. So with that in mind, I might already be asking too much, but who knows? Um, I am proposing to trade away uh, Derek Henry Devonte Adams and Tyler Lockett. So all three older guys, right? But still producing for the 102 Devonte Smith and Mark Andrews. And this league is also a tight end premium. They get an extra 0.5 every reception. Let Zach digest that for a few seconds and then we'll hear what he has to say. Um, I definitely get younger with that. I'd be looking at getting either Bijan or Anthony Richardson with that 102 if I was able to get it away from the guy. Yeah, that's, that's a it's pretty interesting trade. I think, I think if you can get that other owner to bite, I think that's a really good trade for you because, like we, I think we all know kind of the uh, the cliff that exists for aging running backs and. And King Henry, even though he's the king, he's he's getting near that cliff. I would have to think. Yeah. Um, and and in that super flex that I'm in that we're drafting right now, um, Bijan went 103. It went Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and then Bijan. So those the two uh, guys that went before, or the two owners that went before uh, Bijan, they were they're both in uh QB needy positions where where they need a a second quarterback but um seeing a guy that I think most people would feel very confident taking as the 101 in most situations got 103 really got the uh the group chat going and really got uh negotiations <laughs> and a bidding war going so I think if you're able to take advantage of of that trade that would be a great great move for you um, not to mention those those other two guys are are great players as well in their own right. Like in a sixteen team league, like no question that both Smith and Andrews are, um, you know, number one, like a number one receiver and a number one uh, tight end. So that's a really good deal for you, I think. And uh, just to make it a little bit more interesting, what's your quarterback situation like? <laughs> 
I got Lamar Jackson and Kenny Pickett. And then uh, underneath that, I got like Brissett and uh, Huntley. Yeah, so you could, you could probably do with an upgrade, I, I would say, over um, over Pickett with uh, with Richardson. I don't know if Stroud or, or Young necessarily represent a huge upgrade over Pickett. I, I like Pickett. I think, um, I think towards the back half of last season, he really turned it around. So, but if you can get a guy like Richardson where there's all that potential in the world, that's a very enticing trade. Yeah. And see, that's where like, I think I'd be open to, to trading Pickett in this trade. The only thing is I think I'd be um, setting myself up to have to draft a QB if I did that. Um, oh, certainly. I think if, yeah. if you if you move Pickett, then you gotta go with one of the, yeah, you know, either Richardson or your your next favorite. Yeah, and that would be the thing is I wanted to either get Bijan or Richardson, but if I gave a Pickett, it would definitely be uh, if Richardson was gone at the one hundred and one, be probably Stroud for me is what I would be thinking at. So yeah, very interesting. Um, I'll let you guys know what ends up happening. I'm suspecting he'll probably just hit reject and <laughs> not even counter because that has been my experience with this owner so far um, in this league. Um, yeah, so speaking of uh, experience with owners, um, we, we don't have a dedicated sponsorship spot today. This is a horrible uh, lead into it. But uh, you know what? I'll give a bonus one to Bolt Supply House in PA for all your Bolt uh, needs and and plus. It should be Bolt Plus Supply House now. Um, Jordan always raves about the equipment he's gotten from there. Makes me want to go in and buy some. Uh, I just need a little bit of that vice principal money like he has. So, um, But uh, Bolt Supply House in PA, if you're in there, go check it out. They'll hook you up with uh, whatever you need to get the job done. All right, on to our main uh, main uh, thing today with the uh, Dynasty Best Value each round. Doing a little bit of deep dive, hoping to help you in your Dynasty drafts as they're going through um, right now. Hopefully we didn't miss everyone, but, uh, you know, like I said, my Dynasties haven't even started. So here we go. Round one. Zach, who is your steal of round one? And where is he going? So... The the steal in my eyes of round one is is Zay Flowers and Fantasy Pros. Um, they have him as the seventh uh, player off the board with their rookie ADP, um, and that is as the fourth wide receiver off the board. Um, Flowers was a first round pick going twenty two overall to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, he is joining a joining a depth chart of Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., Devin Duvernay, James Porsche, and Nelson Aguilar. Um, of those players on that team, only Dev Devin Duvernay had a established role last season. Um, I think Mark Andrews will safely continue to be the most targeted player on the offense. But after, after Andrews, I think the door is open for Flowers to carve out a role early on. Um, one might argue... How how is he going to carve out a role with Bateman and Beckham, uh, Duvernay? However, you feel about him and Andrews on the team, and I think a counter to that argument would be 
the, the Ravens knew what they had with Bateman, with Beckham, with Andrews, and they still chose to spend a first-round pick on, on Zay Flowers. So clearly, I think they see a role for him on that team. Um, they got rid of Greg Roman. They're bringing in a new offensive coordinator uh, to work with Lamar. So I think there's there's a good opportunity for Zay Flowers to carve out a role with a new offensive coordinator who's going to be running a new offense. Um, and I think where he went with that seventh overall draft pick, um, especially in single quarterback leagues, um, I think you're looking at a bit of a drop-off for the skill position players that we usually associate with round uh, with first round draft capital being the running back and the wide receiver position. Um, Flowers, I think, at seventh overall, kind of represents that drop off where after Flowers, the running backs and receivers that might go in the first round, um, maybe less talented than him or in a worse landing spot than he is. Um, or you're looking at taking a, a talented quarterback like Anthony Richardson or one of the top tight ends. So I think at seventh overall, Zay Flowers offers a really good value. I I agree with that one. Uh, like you said, that, that drop-off there, um, there's nobody after him that I think, um, besides one, which is going to be one of my guys in round two here, is... Uh, is an opportunity to become the number one option in their offense. Um, but yeah, like what, what have we seen out of the Baltimore receivers as of late? OBG is getting old. Um, Bateman had all this hype, but he hasn't produced much yet. And Duvernay is, he's Duvernay. Like we know what he is. He's not going to end up being a, a wide receiver one dominant out of the gate kind of guy. Um, so Zay Flowers has the best potential to be that guy for Baltimore, to be the number one. The The biggest competition for him is Andrews. And um, when you're competing with a tight end, you know, like it could end up being like Kansas City, but even Kansas City's wide receiver one behind uh, Kelsey can, can produce a decent amount of fantasy points for you. So I, I like that one, Zach. Uh, my number one out of the first round here. Um, so going with the same thing, the ADP from Fantasy Pros here for the rookie onlys. Hey, I'm going down to almost the bottom of this round with Devin Achain. Um, I like him a lot. He got drafted by Miami, and he is um, he's a speedster man. Like, and it was a near perfect landing spot for him with Miami that uh, the Josh McDaniels kind of philosophy, it seems is fast, fast and faster um, with them having drafting Waddle, um, picking up Tyree kill, um, picking up Mostert, who's known as being uh, one of the fastest running backs in the league when he put a stopwatch to him. Um, a chain is, is one of the fastest running backs in the league now too. Um, and I think the opportunities there for him to try and earn the starting role and the guys he's battling against um, have Mostert has injury history. Jeff Wilson is not really known as a speedster, so he's not quite what Miami seems to like in their skilled players. 
So I, I like a chain and I also like his, his pass catching prowess as well. Um, just a perfect landing spot for him. Um, he might end up just a third down specialist, but he could also end up being um, the next like Eckler is what I would, would say out of this one. And he's not quite as solid as Eckler, but the kind of guy who comes in with that third down um, capability and everyone thinks he's just going to be that specialist and uh, puts up huge fantasy numbers for everyone through both the ground and air, even though he doesn't dominate the one of them specifically. That's uh, I feel like the <laughs> both of these picks are just very reflective of of our current dynasty strategies. Um, I'm much more a wide receiver guy, and you're very much more a running back guy. <laughs> um, Devin at chain, very interesting. Um, he he's certainly somebody that I think will be getting a lot of buzz or a lot of uh interest towards the end of the first round. Um, the the two things I guess that really give me pause with him would be number one. Um, and then I guess you could probably speak to number one more than, more than I could there. Every time I log into Twitter, there's still that buzz of Dalvin cook, either getting traded or, or cut. And uh, a popular landing spot that I see pop up is the dolphins. And I think if that were to happen, that would, in my mind, at least really torpedo, um, his 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 year one uh fantasy outlook and uh the second thing that gives me pause with him is um last year and the year before i think those running backs that sneak into the end of uh first round in the rookie drafts they are they're, they're quite tumultuous guys really don't pan out sometimes um there's guys like spiller for the chargers was getting some uh, first-round love. Uh, Cook last year with the Bills was getting some first-round love. Mm-hmm. These guys, if, if they're not going early on in rookie drafts, guys like uh, Robinson this year, Gibbs, uh, Hall last year, Williams the year prior, if they're not getting that kind of love, I don't think they they have the, the likelihood of panning out, whereas a back of the first round wide receiver has a more more likelihood i would say um to pan out well and that that's definitely the benefit of going wide receiver too is the fact that uh sometimes they take a little bit of time and they get more of those opportunities um they can see the field a little bit more than a rb that you know a team might just want to have one guy out on the field in rb but uh they have three wide receivers right so mm-hmm. one injury can put a guy from being the fourth wide receiver not on the field to the third who's on the field and getting targets, um, and he sees the field just as much as wide receiver one on that team, and then he can start to show his stuff. So um, I think you're, you're right in that regard. Um, and I, I I just really like the, the match um, between the Dolphins and then the uh, – the, uh, the uh, speed that he has so yeah um all right uh zach what is your uh round two uh best value rookie pick here so i feel like this one needs a bit of a a bit of a disclaimer um 
fantasy pros, they must love this guy. He was considerably higher um, in their ADP than I expected. Um, but I went with, or nonetheless, I went with Josh ja- Josh Downs, pardon me, um, who they had as, at an ADP of 14th overall. So just at the very beginning of round two. Uh, and he I'm, was, I'm looking at it right now. Since he did that, Zach, he's already gone up to 13. <laughs> uh, and he's the still presumably the wide receiver five. Um, yeah. So Josh Downs was drafted as the 79th overall player in this year's draft by the Indianapolis Colts. Um, he joins a depth chart of Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, Isaiah McKenzie, Ashton Dolan and Michael Strachan. Of those players that I just mentioned, only Pittman had more than 50 receptions last year. Um, Interestingly enough, McKenzie was brought in from Buffalo as a free agent this March. And McKenzie and Downs have a very similar athletic profile. To me, this shows that the new Indy offense wants to feature a slot-wide receiver. So, um, I think they brought in McKenzie in March, of course, not knowing how the draft was going to shake out. Um, seemingly comfortable with having McKenzie playing that slot role. Um, coming out of the draft, there were some rumors that Indy tried repeatedly to move up in the third round to, to Lound Downs. Uh, further revealing uh, that they really want to feature a dynamic slot player uh, in their offense. Um, I think the new Indy offense may be held back in the short term uh, by Anthony Richardson's development, as I think at least he'll likely be a run-first type of quarterback, especially early on this season as he acclimates to the NFL game. Um, But being a second-round pick in rookie drafts, uh, that kind of comes with the territory. We know that they would be going in the first if they were safer uh, projections. So going in the second round, I still really like Josh Downs' upside, um, especially compared to some of the other receivers that are going in the second, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, players like Jalen Hyatt, uh, Marvin Mims, Mims Jr., and Rashawn Rice. Um, as well as the running backs like Spears, Miller, Bigsby, and Johnson. Um, out of that group, I think Downs, to me at least, has the the clearest path to year one production and a, a sustained role. Um, guys like Hyatt are in a very crowded um, death chart in New York. Uh, Mims, too, very crowded. Uh, Rice, we've seen some of the wide receivers that KC drafts are are hit and miss as they seem to really fixate on on speed over other attributes and these running backs you'll you'll probably say one of their names here in a few minutes uh and you'll give some really good uh reasons why we should draft them but to me these guys are are tough to draft in the second round as we just don't know what their what their future is going to look like uh being in crowded backfield. So I really like Josh Downs. I don't know if I love it at this price, but I would say towards the back end of the second, that's a really good place for Josh Downs 
Um, I, in that 12-team IDP Superflex, I ended up trading up from 304, I think, to 301 to get him. So I was absolutely ecstatic. I loved that value for Josh Downs. All right. Yeah, Josh Downs. Um, I've heard good things about him. There's a little bit of hype around his name as well. Um, I haven't been a huge fan of of his. Um, he just didn't pop out on me uh, before the draft as a as a great uh, prospect. And then there's that fear of uh, Richardson and um, having Pittman and uh, Pierce in front of him. I'm actually a big fan of Alec Pierce, who's the uh, wide receiver too for Indianapolis. So um, that made it harder for me to like Downs. Um, with him behind Pittman and and Pierce, who I like better than Downs. Um, and Zach, you think I'm going RB here, but I'm pulling an audible, and I am going wide receiver. And uh, this wide receiver I like better than Downs. Um, currently, actually, on he, it's a little complicated here, so just follow along so you can keep up. Currently on the ADP for rookies for fantasy pros, he is actually in the third round. He is at 32 overall, wide receiver 11. And now here's where it can really tell you the value of this guy and why you should be drafting him in the second round. Is fantasy pros rookie rankings by their experts has Jonathan Mingo as 16th and wide receiver six ahead of Josh Downs and Rice and just behind Marvin Mims Jr. And I'm going to do one better and say, I'm going to like double down on Mingo here. I like him better than Mims. um, He's close with Zay Flowers for me, actually. So that's how much I like Mingo. And I'll tell you why, okay? Um, he is super athletic, okay? He is a big body, and he landed in Carolina. So he is hitched to Bryce Young, the 101 in the NFL draft for the first part of his career here. Bryce Young has to figure out every receiver in the room. He has just as much of a chance to be Bryce Young's go-to guy as the likes of Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, um, and the other, and Terrace Marshall, okay, the other three wide receivers that will be fighting for targets in Carolina, I think. Um, now, Thielen has that veteran presence, but how long can you really rely on Thielen? And is Thielen really going to be a thousand yard receiver, or is he just going to be that safety blanket for, for Bryce Young in the season here and not going to be the the big play alpha wide receiver for Carolina. It could be Mingo. It definitely could be Mingo in my mind. And to put the icing on the cake, when I watched his college film, okay, I really like to watch college film. And, and this is what sold me on Jalen Waddle is watching his college film and seeing um, one of the catches that he made in college. That was just incredible. And like, you can't do unless you have the talent. It's not a you catch that ball off of a um, off a mi- mistake or it's like, oh, a miracle happened. Like you need the talent to catch that. And that was the same with Mingo. There was a few catches 
where it was like holding off on a DB, catching it with the other hand um, type stuff or get going through contact to catch the ball um, while he's getting hit and then hand fights with DBs. Um, and so you might be worried because he's with the DB on these for these catches, but he's fast. He's got the speed. He's got the quickness. It just, he was covered on that route. Guys get covered and he was able to make those contested catches. And that is what I, I love about Mingo um, when I'm watching his college tape. And that is why you should draft him in the second round. <laughs> Zach? So what you're saying is come Wednesday afternoon, it's that 107, 108 draft slot that uh, you have 107, I have 108 uh, in our in our dynasty league. You're going to take Jonathan Mingo, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. That, that <laughs> second I don't have to. I don't have to trade up to get uh, <laughs> to get my guy. Or oh, are you taking him 108? Uh, most likely not, but, uh, so, but if if you take, if you take him, maybe my guy might slide a little bit further. Oh, okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe I, I have the 203 and the 111. So looking at in that range, probably for Mingo, for me, don't tell too many people that (laughs) if you're listening to the pod, just. Don't tell anyone in my dynasty league, okay, guys? We're you listen. It's a cone of silence right now. Don't <laughs> tell my dynasty um, co-managers, Mingo. All right, Zach, uh, going round three here now. Um, moving on up. This is where we really have to dig deep and and find the diamonds in the rough. I find myself come dynasty rookie drafts that. Round three, if there's no one I like, I'm usually trading it away. And same with round four, I'm trading those picks away usually. So um, who, who, who's worthy of me picking them up instead of trading it away, Zach? So this kind of ties into what you said at the beginning of your, your breakdown for, for Mingo. Um, I just I don't know how they possibly have the ADP for Mingo solo. Um, <laughs> like not that I'm a, a Mingo Stan or truther by any means, I think he's a good player, but every mock that I've seen, every mock that I have participated in this dynasty league that we're, we're in the middle of right now, Mingo went way, like he went second round, like slam dunk second round in, in almost every, um, thing that I've done and for him to go you know back part of the third I was I was really surprised when I saw that same with Jalen Reed I was pretty surprised about that too um another player that I was really surprised about being in the third round was was this guy here uh Kayshawn Boutte uh wide receiver for the New England Patriots um fantasy pros has him as the 30th overall pick wide receiver 10. And I think if you're taking uh Butte in round 3, you're you're doing uh 
you're living on the edge because this is a, even in the third round, this is truly a boom or bust pick um, because he was drafted 187th overall by the Pats. And he is joining a depth chart of Juju Smith-Schuster, Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, and Tyquan Thornton. Of those players, only Parker had a meaningful role for the Pats last season. Um, All those guys, I think at least the Patriots have a lot of wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes on their team, but they lack a true number one uh, alpha wide receiver. And I think part of the allure of Keishon Butte is we saw that he could be a team's alpha as early as his true freshman year at LSU. And prior to the start of this uh, past season of college football, a lot of draft analysts had Butte as a for- first or second round NFL draft pick in their preseason NFL mock drafts. Um, but this season, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame, went to LSU, and it seemed like almost immediately uh, Butte fell out of favor with the staff at LSU uh, while battling some nagging injuries. Uh, towards the end of this pa- or of this season, it seemed like he was kind of turning things around, finding his role in the offense, um, but had a really disappointing season. Uh, so disappointing that rumor has it he didn't declare early as much as Brian Kelly told him to declare early because you're not welcome back at LSU. Oh. Um, yeah, not not what you want to hear, right? Yeah. Um, and then he followed that up by testing quite poorly at the NFL Combine. Um, but a lot of people have attributed that to still getting over those nagging injuries in his lower body. Um, so with Keyshawn Butte, there's a re- very real chance that he won't make it onto the Pats final roster coming out of training camp. But there is also the but he also has the potential to not only stick on the roster but to contribute early. And if he performs like he performed early on in his college career, there is a very real chance that by, you know, as early as next season, he could be the number one receiver on the Pats. Um that's kind of a combination of the Pats don't have much competition for that number one role, but also he was a stud in year one at college in college. So um, as funny as it sounds in the third round, Butte is a boom or bust pick where, you know, come September, he's already a free agent and you have to cut him, or you might have somebody that contributes a little bit this year, but next year really hits his stride and, and is a producer for you. Uh, not to mention all the Boutte team names that you could come up with. So <laughs> just do it for the name. Yeah. Do it for the name, guys. Do it for the name. I like that one, Zach. Um, I like that, especially in the later rounds, right? Where you you know enough about a guy who who got drafted late to know that he he was an up and comer. He was doing really well. If he would have got drafted a year earlier, he would be the talk of the town. But because of uh, something that went uh, awry in his last year at college, 
he's suddenly fallen down the, the charts. It's a sneaky pick because they they have proven themselves. I did this with Justin Ross last year out of Kansas City. Um, he, he was a Clemson wide receiver. He would have been a first-round draft pick um, coming out of college, but uh, he ended up having a, a weird spinal uh, fusion or something going on in his back. Um, scary. Uh, scary for a prospect. Like, you never know, right? Um, but I got him as a fourth-round pick in our draft, and you know what? Why not throw a fourth-round pick at a guy who who's proven that he can do it at a high level? He just needs the health to figure it out rather than a guy that's healthy but hasn't shown that he's figured it out yet, you know? So uh, my round three pick, um, I originally wanted to go with uh, Chase Brown, but I think I've talked enough about him on the podcast the last few uh, episodes. So I pivoted and I went with um, the guy who is currently um, ranked at 24. Um, his ADP is a little bit higher than that, I believe. Um, but it is uh, Hyatt, the new wide receiver for the New York Giants, coming out of Tennessee. Um, I really like him. Um, Jalen Hyatt is a, is a great prospect. He has the production in college. His last year there in Tennessee put up over 1,000 yards. Um, and the New York Giants landing spot, Daniel Jones, is just starting to figure it out. And to be honest, the, the weapons that he has, um, besides Saquon Barkley, don't exactly light the world on fire. Um, and I know they got Waller now too, but he's had his own issues in the last few years. So, you know what? I, I like the idea of Hyatt and, and that he could have immediate production. And if not immediate production, it, it might, you know, uh, I think he's a safe bet to, to have a, a prosperous NFL career throughout to the next uh, five years or so. That's a, that's an interesting one. Um, I think in, in a similar sense to, to Butte where it's kind of a boomer bust. Um, I think, uh, I think Hyatt might be, might be a little bit boomer bust to not where we have to worry about Hyatt being a cut at the end of training camp, but, where where a guy that really thrives running in a straight line down the field might not adjust super well to the NFL game. So um, he does a few things really, really well. Um, but then once that kind of gets taken away, it'll be interesting to see what he can do. Um, and I think if he is able to develop those uh, other parts of his game, to be near where his deep uh, threat ability is, I think he'll be a really good player, especially at his value, like you said, in the third round. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a guy that I'm reaching on, but he's a guy, if he's there when my pick comes, I'm I'm going to pick him up. If he's not, I'll... And, and Brown, I guess. Him and Brown. If in the third round, they're there. I'll take him. If they're not, trading away the pick. You know, that that's kind of the... The mindset I'd have towards them. I'm not trading up trying to get them, but I'll uh, I'll stay pat and and hopefully get them if they're there. 
Um, well, that about does it with our uh, best value for the first three rounds of the um, Dynasty rookie drafts here. Um, yeah, very interesting stuff. Zach said some names that I hadn't thought too much about yet and gave some reasons for me to look into them a little bit more. So, Zach, thank you for uh, for helping me for uh, our uh, draft against each other here. And uh, <laughs> because uh, my other Dynasty uh other dynasty league i traded away all my picks going for it last year so i'm trying to trade into the draft but it's not working right now um moving on moving on we're gonna go to the ice cold hot take zach were you able to come up with one here man yeah you bet um so i think last year around this time i was quite excited about the the rookie wide receivers and i made some kind of claim that there would be like four or five rookie wide receivers that exceeded a certain threshold for maybe it was points uh per game in fantasy or or maybe receptions on the season Um, i'm not too sure but i'm going to say this year there will be only one rookie wide receiver that breaks the top 50 in total half-point PPR points this season. Last year, I believe there were six in the top 50. They were Jahan Dotson at 50 overall. Uh... Next was George Pickens at 37, Drake London at 36, uh, Christian Watson at 35, then Chris Olave at 25, and then Garrett Wilson at 19. I don't think, or rather I think only one of this year's rookie wide receivers will be in that range at the end of this season. And I think that player is going to be your guy, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Jordan Addison. Um, I think in a year or two, that could change dramatically. I think we could see the likes of Jackson Smith Najigba working his way in there, especially if uh, Tyler Lockett leaves town, like I suspect he will. Even, the, even though he did recently rework his contract, I believe, uh, a player like Zay Flowers, um, he could go in there, I think, in the top 50 in a year or two. Um, somebody like Quentin Johnson, I think, especially if uh, in a year, maybe uh, Allen moves on or maybe Mike Williams moves on. Um, a guy like Jonathan Mingo, once him and Bryce Young kind of form chemistry they get in a they get in a groove next season the year after that season i think we can be looking at a few of these guys producing in the top 50 in fantasy points per game but for this season their rookie season i only see one especially one with a clear path um as of may 15th and that is jordan addison uh-huh. I, while you were saying it, I was like, I'm going to try and see if he has a name out here. And 
Addison, uh, I, I, I'm very agreeable with that one guy being Addison, if it's only going to be one. I hope you're wrong. It's exciting to see rookies uh, get big performances and be, be a big part of their offenses. But we've seen such a big um, influx of great wide receivers coming into the league. You, you can't sustain that many wide receivers being in the top 50 every year from the rookie class. So it makes sense. And like you said, you pointed it out. A lot of them don't have a clear path to being the, the number one guy or even the number two guy necessarily, right? Um, whereas Jordan Addison, it's, it's, he's a first-round pick for the Vikings who like to throw the ball. And he only has Justin Jefferson in front of him. Now it's Justin Jefferson, so hopefully the Vikings start spreading the ball around more. But, yeah, I, I can get on that. So you're telling me, Zach, if when our draft comes around here, when uh, Bijan and Gibbs get picked 1-2, one, 1-1, one, 1-2 one, 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 there, and I'm staring at Jackson Smith and the Jigma, I should maybe consider trading down to 104 and taking Addison instead? <laughs> if if you believe in Addison at, at 103, why wouldn't you just take Addison at 103? Um, you, you would hate to be the guy that tries to get cute and go back a pick, and then the guy that trades up snakes Addison on you. Hey, um, you know what? If it ended up being Jackson Smith the Jigba for me, I'd be happy with that because that was that's who I would actually pick at one hundred three. I think that's I think that's the most I think that's the most sensible pick. I think, um, just like long range, um, looking at it long range, I think Jackson Smith Najigba is the more talented player. Um, but I think for this year, yeah, Addison's kind of a slam dunk. I think I think. Jackson Smith, the Jigba, he'll kind of be a player that uh, doesn't have the same flair or production that you might expect from the wide receiver one in a rookie draft. So there's a chance that if you're interested in Jackson Smith, the Jigba, maybe we can acquire him later on this rookie season when that owner might be a little bit frustrated that they're uh, their new toy isn't producing as well as they expected. <laughs> hey, good, uh, good idea there, Zach. Thanks for the, for the thoughts and uh, the strategy going to our listeners there. Um, that about wraps it up for us today, fellas, uh, or fella, <laughs> <laughs> or anyone listening. I guess you're part of the fellers today. Um, Zach, you got any uh, closing remarks? Any great last? nuggets of wisdom to hit us with before we say goodbye uh just uh armand take your time on wednesday i have a big meeting wednesday morning that uh can't be on my phone so take your time (laughs) oh i i don't think i'll have to uh yeah i think 102 might take some time we'll see we'll see um yeah thanks for listening everyone um Hopefully this helps you in your dynasty drafts. And uh, like Zach said, take your time with your dynasty draft. Makes the guy sweat. Make make people think you're trying to make a big trade or something. Um, there's a there's a guy at our, our school here and who likes to use all the time on the clock for our redraft league. 
um, employ that strategy. If he's listening, he knows who he is. And anyone from the school knows who he is when I'm talking about it. Um, so you use that strategy. Make him think you're, you're making moves or something. Make him think you're smarter than you are by taking your time with your, uh, with your pick. Um, but that, that wraps it up for us today. Um, just Zach and I coming at you. And uh, hopefully uh, we see Jordan again here soon. Um, praying and thinking about his family as uh, as he uh, as he stepped away for for a little bit here. Um, until then, talk soon. Oh, I think I nailed that. Yeah, that's a good way to leave. Goodbye. <laughs>